Okay, Bishem Hashem Naseh Natsiach. We're doing modern halacha, and I'm not one to exaggerate, but amongst the maybe 75 classes I gave on modern halacha, deep halachic analysis, probably one of the most beneficial to anybody that wants to marry off their children or get married themselves is this one. Especially if you live, the more orthodox the community, the more important is to ask the right questions to get the right answers. The question for today is a very fascinating one. And I, I honestly, I'm shocked. I didn't know after being a rabbi for 20 years and studying Gemara for 30 years, uh, it's, uh, I'm ashamed to say it. I, I didn't know that even such a realm of literature existed on this topic. The question is, let's, let's say somebody has a physical, mental problem. Let's, very simply, somebody has depression. Under Jewish ethics and halacha, do they have to reveal this to their potential date? Or could it be hidden? Right? What? What's the level of transparency you have to reveal about your deficiencies, right? Everything. No. It's actually the, the polar opposite. It's Because uh, we, we derive our ethics from the Torah, not from our... Common sense. I mean, common sense is a wonderful thing. All I just want to say as a preference to the shear is that the most important decision, one of the greatest Sephardic rabbis after the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karo, in the last five, 500 years, we also call him Maran Achida. Based on the Gemara and Brachot Avav, he says the most important decision you're going to make in your life is who's your wife. Because happy wife, happy life. If you have a good wife, you'll have good kids. And good kids can even take you out of hell. You know that. Because through their saying Kaddish and their good deeds, which means if you want more than a trillion dollars, more than willing the, the billion dollar lotto, right? Is having a good family. Now, that starts with the decision of marrying the right soulmate. So we're trying to help you get, get to that goal. This sugya that we're gonna, is based on uh, five different Talmudic principles. One Talmudic halacha is that we shouldn't say Lashon Hara, right? So we, this class is ba- balancing five kind of clashing different ethical dilemmas. One thing is, we Jews are not allowed to gossip, right? Why should I tell you, in Farsi we say, even if something is true, I'm not allowed to go and tell your confidential... Ne- any Lashon Hara, the definition of Lashon Hara is very clear. Anything, whether true, even if it's a trillion percent true, if it makes another Jew look bad, it brings down his honor, are you allowed to reveal that to any other Jew? No. If it makes him look less respected, it demeans him. Okay. That's one thing we need to follow. The reason why we don't have our Bet HaMikdash is because of Lashon Hara and Sinat Chinam. But then there's another more important thing. And this is very important to understand halachically regarding this shir. If you don't understand this principle, you're not going to understand the shir. There's a second mitzvah in the Torah, which means, are you allowed to, if they're about to, um, if your friend's about to drown and die in a sea, can you just stay and say, oh, I'm going to have lunch and let him die? Or do you have to jump in and save him? Throw, at least throw him a lifeboat. 
The halacha is lo tamod al dam Don't stand idly while your friend is dying. That's why any decent human being gives CPR or does the Heimlich maneuver, right? So including so we are allowed to say lashon hara certain times. For example, let's say your cousin, right? Or your family's best friend. Your family has a fa- family friend that you, every Shabbat you guys are together, right? You're like family. Because it's like the closest family friend you have. Their daughter is about to go and marry a guy that's a con artist. That's a drug addict. Nobody knows except you. Do we say, oh, it's Lashon Hara, so let's just keep my mouth shut. No! Don't let your friend... What figuratively means don't let the person drown and die and his blood be on your hands. Same thing here. You have to go tell him. Because as, as bad as Lashon Hara is, it's a worse sin to let people fall into a pit which they could potentially never get out of. So the, the, this mitzvah, you understand? It's not the pshat that it is Lashon Hara, but there's a more important value that says don't let... Um, People drown, and drown means get any type of harm, whether financial, emotional, <laughs> and getting married to a con artist that's a drug dealer, right? Like you can tell your friend not to do business with someone? Yes, yes, you're allowed to. Because, okay, so then, in extreme cases where people have really bad problems, as we're going to see right now in the Sefer Hasidim, there's something called Mekach Ta'ut, which means... If I want to sell you this watch, right? A Rolex watch. And I say, this Rolex watch is diamond, right? All its dials are diamond, and it's pure gold. So that's why it's worth $100,000. If it ends up to be those things being plastic, and those things being only gold-plated or fake gold, that's called the Mekach Ta'ut, which means under Jewish business law, if I totally... Right? If I misrepresented to you what I'm, what you're paying for, the deal is null and void. So, there's another potential problem here is if people don't reveal, like this gentleman said. He said, well, off the top of the bat, why not be as transparent as possible? If, God forbid, Mrs. Miriam Hakohen or Mrs. Mrs. Sarah Schwartz has depression, she should put on a resume. You know how it goes in the yeshivish world, right? Before you date, people send a resume. This is where I went to school. This is where my friends are. Da, da, da. Maybe she should just put right there that, you know, we, we don't want to have any uh, skeletons in our closets or any can of worms or can of sharks or can of snakes. We're going to just be as transparent. Do you have to do that, right? This is the topic of the class. Do you have to reveal everything and any deficiency you have? Or you can you keep stuff in the closet? And, well, potentially if you don't reveal it, it could be a mekach right? Because this guy wanted to marry a girl that could have children. You, see, Ramosha Feinstein, at the end of the class, has a teshuvah, which is so mind-boggling that I still can't get over it. But... Potentially, do you understand, if, if, in the most basic level, when a man marries a woman, he is giving her money to acquire her, and they be one person, right? So it, there is a financial business. 
Transaction. Transaction going on. That's why the money has to be Sheva Pruta. Kicha, kicha. Anybody that's learned the Gemara and Kedusha knows about this, right? Of course, we don't want it. It's much deeper than that. These, uh, she's your soulmate, and under the chuppah you're becoming one. But you are betrothing her, and if you don't, if you're giving money, what if you're doing a transaction where you are misled? It could be kedusha taut, which means what? The whole bracha and chuppah and stuff. But why, why are you? So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But I just want to let you know the different. Things that you have to, sugis you have to keep. There's another thing also called ona. It's usur for me to t- sell you a, a silver bar, which is only silver plated, like a silver kiddush cup, which is only silver plated if it's not, re- and, and, and represented as what? Um, pure silver, right? So it's a sugi of no, oina, mechakois, and also sheker. It's also forbidden. <laughs> We read it last week's parasha. The Torah is so disgusted about lying that it says, don't even come cl- stay away from lying. Right? Don't let it even be in your galaxy. Every night when we say Shema, what do we say? End it with? Emet. Right? So, these five things. So, the today's class is basically one of the great Hasidic authors of our time that lived in Brooklyn. He was out based in he talks, out of all this farm that I did a lot of research, he actually is the best that goes into this. And in chapter 11 of the Nata Gavriel, he says, if a boy and girl have a serious medical condition, let's say, God forbid, she has the C-A-N-C-E-R. I don't like saying the name because my father passed away from it, right? Can. So, of course, that nobody disagrees. If it's a serious such as physical, yeah, not even life saving. Something similar to that, they, they, for sure, they have to be transparent. And even before they start dating with their potential future spouse, they need to reveal that. And not only that, like I told you before, if if it comes, because it used to be Jews used to live in a ghetto, and everybody used to know everything about everybody. If you know that your friend is going out and it wasn't revealed to him, see, you know, you know, what the biggest bad bhakti in the world is. When we're not supposed to say Lashon Hara, we say it. When we're supposed to say Lashon Hara because of Lotamud, we don't say it. So not only, okay, I hope you guys are focusing. Not only should the person reveal it, if they have a serious medical condition, but if they didn't reveal it and you know about it, like the rabbi knows about it, then the rabbi should go tell. that. Listen, this person has this... Um, me, because if not, you're over on the sin of what? Lo tamur al dam Don't let your friend drown and die, right? Okay. The um, now we wanted to get into the gray area because you know they say the devil is in the details. the The question is, for example, I'll tell you, fascinating. I'll, let me just start it off with this. There's a fascinating machaloket acharonim. These deficiencies, how much of it should you reveal or not reveal? Because there's a big, big gray zone. For example, the, the thing you have to understand is very simply like this. Uh, there's a gene called the BRCA gene. Do you know, are you guys familiar with that? People that have the BRCA gene have a much higher probability of getting KA, the CAN, C-E-R. Okay? It's a certain genetic deficiency. A lot of people that have breast cancer, 
or um, pancreatic cancer or a thing. So one of the biggest poskim in Bnei Brak nowadays, right? The biggest, like, chief halachic deciders of the entire world. Now that we don't have Rabbi Yashiv and Shomazamin and Rabbi Vadia, is Rabbi um, Yitzchak Zilberstein. He's a son-in-law of Rav Eliashev, brother-in-law of Rav Chaim. He actually is very good because he had a lot of... He holds that Braka is such a... He's actually the rabbi of the hospital also. So he's like their ethical consultant. He, for example, says that if a, if a, if you know you have the Braka gene, you went and did a DNA test and you know the Braca gene, you have to write that on your resume. Now, why is that based on? Because there's a Sefer Hasidim. One of the greatest ethical works written in the last few hundred years is called Sefer Hasidim by Rav Yehuda Chassid. His students started the Ashkenazi settlement of Jerusalem and Israel. He is of the opinion that, yes, you should be as transparent as possible if you have any... In regards to everything? I'll read it for you verbatim. He says he says this in Tav Kuf Science Sefer Hasidim. Lo yechase adam mum b'nevetu. You should not hide in the closet and um, cover cover up the deficiencies your daughter has and lie so she should get married or son or yourself. Why? For example, if they have a sickness that if the other potential partner would have known about, they wouldn't have not wanted to go out and marry into your family... You should, you should do the right thing. You should have the courage. Rav Yehuda Chassid holds and tell it to them. Again, if somebody wants to look this up, it's Siman um, five hundred seven in the Sefer Chassidim. Why? Why does Rav Yehuda Chassid say you should be so transparent? Because maybe it's going to be Kiddushet Taut. Maybe tomorrow you went and made <laughs> like it's become Rachman al-Islam, Very unfortunately, the Minag in our city that at least they sent, spend a hundred thousand up to a half a million or a million dollars on a wedding and the whole thing is null and void because the other potential khatan the groom could say if I knew that right so Abihuda is very he's a very um million dollar wedding he 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 talks about this in a very serious way he says you should be there's no thing such thing as confidentiality if there's a matter that's a moon a blemish right it's a blemish on your family. Don't cover it up because if you cover it up and then the guy got married, it may be Kedusheh Ta'ut. The whole wedding transaction is null and void, right? Because it was on a false premises. And you don't want to... People said Sheva Barachot, people right, made a Ketubah, it's all invalid. Ela Yafridim Velo he says, so he says, therefore you should, you know, be ethical, do the right thing. And if there's a matter that needs to be revealed, have the courage to reveal it. The problem is, is this Gemara. There's a Talmudic source that says the total opposite. Kind of, not the total opposite, but... And this is where things get into a very crazy roller coaster. And that's why if one thing you learn from this class is don't be bashful when you want to date anybody. Ask very specific questions.
questions. So you get very specific answers. My wife actually spent thousands of dollars, took the course from the top dating coach of Jerusalem, and they actually have like 35 questions you should be asking each side. <laughs> it's kind of like a... Dating it, coach? Yeah. Before marriage? No, before you want to date. Like, you ask, does the person have any medical issues? Does the person have any drug... It's like, sometimes it gets a bit much, but after you learn this Gemara, you'll see what where that's coming from. Gemara Yevamot, Tamud Bavli, Memhei 45a. Bottom of the Gemara, it says, Rav Yehuda Mari. Now, in the Talmud, it's a machloket, whether if a Jewish woman sleeps with a non-Jew, whether their children is a bastard or not, a mamzer. This is a machlokis in the Gemara. The halacha is, and this is very important to understand if you want to understand this class, we hold that if a Jewish woman even sleeps with a non-Jewish slave or a non-Jewish goy, the children is not a bastard, is not a mamzer. So there was such a child that came to Rav Yehuda. He said, listen, my mother slept with a goy, but I want to get married. Nobody wants to marry me. So what should I do? So it says, Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda permitted him, gave him my kind of loophole or good advice, right? Great people have great advisors. So he went to his, his Rebbe and he said, listen, since my father's a non-Jew, imagine this thousands of years ago. You know what a black sheep he was? He says, nobody wants to marry me. So Rav Yehuda gave him some good advice. He said, and I'm reading to you verbatim, he says, you're not a mamzer, okay? So logically, don't think you're a bastard. You're allowed to marry any Jewish woman you want. So he says, the Kameh Rav Yehuda, and he said, Zil Imter, in Aramaic, he told him, go somewhere, go to another city where nobody knows you, doesn't recognize your family, doesn't know your backstory. Right? So now they're not going to know your profile, that your father's a goy. So he says, Then you can marry any Jewish girl you want, because they'll think your father is, you know, Yankel, and your mother is Sarale, so you're not going to have any problem. Then he says, Or you have another choice. Go find another Shidduch, Go find a girl that her father is also a guy, right? And then you have the same background. There's nothing to be ashamed of, right? So that's... Now this Gemara opens such a can of war, such a halachic and ethical dilemma that I can't even wrap my head over it. I'm sorry. It's very... This Gemara creates... It's saying the polar opposite of the Sefer Hasidim, which means like this. We have a Kohen here in our Shir, so you have to know this. There, first of all, if this guy goes to another city, how is it not tricking the girl, right? I, I know it's don't ask, don't tell, right? In this, right, so what, what happened? This guy said, first of all, you don't have the status of a mamzer. But what's the issue then? If he doesn't have the status of a mamzer, then what is But the right? problem is, ah, oh, so this is the problem. This is the problem of Khatam Sofer, and everybody asks on this Gemara. There's a rabbinic there's a halacha that if you want to marry, who should you who should you want to make a shidduch with? So the Gemara says you should sell the clothes off your back and marry the daughter of a Talmud Chacham, right? Part of this issue is, is it's forbidden rabbinically for Kohanim to marry 
Male Kohanim are not allowed to marry a girl that her father's a goy. You understand? It's called pagum. It's called somebody that their mother is Jewish, her father's not Jewish, since Kohanim are royalty, are priests. So the question the Khatam Sofer asks is, first of all, the, um, the, so the Khatam Sofer says, so you, you understand, if this keeps a secret, right? So he, he, it's a problem. So, so. so why, why is the problem? Because the, the problem's like this. This guy is allowed to marry a female Kohen. Yes. But even his children, I believe, it goes back, his children are allowed to marry Kohen. Until when? I think we have to look up the Allah, maybe one or two, three generations. You understand? Because the Chachamim didn't want the Kohanim. So he says, he says a fascinating thing. So I'm going to read you for the Khatam Sofer, the people that want to look up this Khatam Sofer. This Khatam Sofer is a very fascinating one. It's in Evan Ezer, chapter 145. So he says, I think it's, it's unlimited, actually. It seems from the Khatam Sofer, he says, any of these daughters are not eligible. So any, at any point, it never stops. It it gets, that's what it seems. It we could be, we could look it up in the Shulchan. So, so, really so that's the Khatam Sofer's question. How did Rabbi Yehuda help anything? Right? You send this guy. So he says, he says, right? This guy, right, is going to marry a Jewish woman, right? So his father is a goy, right? And then he's going to have a daughter, right? His daughter is is not material to marry a Kohen. So this is trickery. This is right. Oh no. This is a So he says he says that Ain Hachanami, the Labatar Nisitashuvlo Yisradvar. He says, Khatam Sofer says, and this is what leads us to I tell everybody, all my students, especially the very religious one, and this is what my wife got out of the dating coach, the top dating coach in Jerusalem. In the Orthodox world, the more research you do, it saves the less dating you need to do. Because you know, the more you know about the person, you see that they're on your same sphere. And then the more you know about them, you're not going to have any surprises. And it's worth it even to do CIA, FBI level research on your potential shidduch. So you don't have these headaches. But the Khatam Sofer says that this is what the idea is. He, if nobody asks him in his new city whether his father's a goy, does he have to reveal it? No, Khatam Sofer says. But after he got married, now his children want to get married, his daughter wants to get married to a Kohen, mm. then he would need to let the skeleton out of the box, right? Out of the closet. And say, hey, my daughter... You're not allowed to marry a Kohen. Because a father halakhically does have this status to, to let his daughters know. And basically this is the trillion dollar um, gold nugget here that creates a very chaos in my mind how to analyze this halakhically. But he says that it's such a big mitzvah to get married 
We even sell the Sefer Torah, right? To throw a wedding. That's Allah. Under Jewish law, there's only two... What's the most prized possession every Jewish congregation has? Every Jewish community? It's Torah. It's Sefer Torah, written by hand. The Jewish law is that you could sell that in order to throw a wedding for a couple that can't afford to make a wedding. Or to open a Jewish school so the children could have... Learn Aleph Bet and Chumash and Rashi, right? So the Khatam Sofer is saying something very outstanding here. And that is, is that since it's such a big mitzvah to be fruitful and multiply, this whole reason God created us, you can be a little bit trickery like Yaakov stole the brachos from Esau. But once in Farsi we say you've gone over the bridge of no return, right? You've gotten married. Then ain't a chanami, the chatam so fair. Now, it's not only him. So, I just want to let you know that I did a lot of research on this subject. It comes out that even t- t- till today's postkin, there's two different schools of thought on this, right? What's the right thing to do? And what's the wrong thing to do? Let me read for you the Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father, which was one of the most holiest and biggest sages we had in B'nai Brak. Rav Chaim Kanievsky's father, the stipler gone. You can look at this in Yevamot. Kilas Yankiv Yevamot 44. Memgimal. What does the Kilas Yankiv say over there? Let's say a Jewish man, right? I'm sorry, in his private part, and, and I, we can't, I don't want to literally go through this Kilas Yankiv because it itself could take an hour. But, he, the question is, is that he has some, in his genitalia, he had a certain deficiency. It was just like a mom, mom's there is not allowed to marry a Jewish woman. This person is also, also love of So anyways, he had a medical condition in his genitalia. And the stifler says something mesmerizing, very similar to the Khatam Sofer. And I'll read it for you. He says that, Let's say there's a machloket, whether this person, because he has a genital problem, you know, somebody that's a krushifka, you know what a krushifka is? Somebody that's missing his male member, his brit, or under that, it says psuadaka, it says in the same pasuk that says a mamzer cannot enter the nation of Israel. These people are uneligible to marry Jewish women because they can't procreate. Now let's say it's a machloket between the Rabbeinu Tam and the Rambam, where this person, he's only missing, he only has one testicle, right? There, there's a whole machlokis there. So, if you want to follow the Rabbeinu Tam, and that's what the, the this um, Kilas Yaakov is talking about, the Allah is he can get married, right? Because we're somech on the Rabbeinu Tam, and the Rambam together, right? You put two leniencies together. Does he need to reveal this or not? My God. You go back, he comes into the same conclusion which, which the, um, Khatam Sofer comes to. He, he, over here, it's a fascinating case, but he, he says that based on the Gemara and Yevamot, that says what? That, you know, go to another city so they don't know. So guys, basically, I, I hope you're trying to get the gist of the class. The question is like this. Do you need to go tell everybody about your deficiencies? Well, if it's 
Everybody would agree that if it's a terrible sickness like cancer, of course, you know, you'd have to reveal that. But then there's a lot of gray area stuff, which it seems, like let's say you're adopted, and your father was also a guy, right? A lot of times people adopt kids, or things that are under that thing, the, the Stifler Gaon also follows the Khatam Sofer, and he says, first of all, do you, do you know what Geneva God is, gentlemen? The same way you're not allowed to steal from people. Stealing thoughts? Yeah, you're not allowed to misrepresent. Which means like this. I'll give you a very fascinating example of this. Let's say, I know you're invited to your cousin Shabbat Arusi, right? The Rambam brings this case, right? But I need a favor from you. So you're walking by my house... I come tarof to you, I bow down to you 50 times and come kiss your feet. Come, come have lunch by me. And you really don't have the food to give me. Right? You're just trying, it's a fake offer, cause you need to, and you know that I'm, you're, I know that tonight is your, your, your cousin's wedding, you're not gonna come to my house, right? I'm tricking you, so then you'll think that I, you're being nice. I'm being nice just to get something. That's called Ganevada. Because in your heart of hearts, I don't even want you in my house. And I know you're never going to come to my house because you have a much, you have a pre-engaged, right? That's called Ganevada. The, the other question here is when, why is this not Ganevada? Right? Another can of worms, right? When, I'm, 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 Let's put ourselves in the shoes of this poor little girl, right? She's a nice maidala. She's a nice 25-year-old Jap, Jewish-American princess. Why is this not tricking her? She does. She wants somebody pure Iranian. From mother, she wants, she wants to trace the father and mother of her future spouse back to the children of Mordechai and Esther, right? It's going to be Purim, right? And Abraham Yitzhak and Yaakov. So the, the Kila Yaakov goes back and says something again, very hard to understand. But it, 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 he says that Genevodad is only Hasamidurabana. It's not Torah law. It, right? To trick somebody in, 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 in such a circumstance is only Midurabana. And again, going back to this train of love, it just, it, it just shows you how much of a big mitzvah it is sometimes to keep some things concealed and confidential and covered up in order for people to get married and start a family. He's, he says like this, and I'll read for you. Right? One of the greatest Kabbalist uh, contemporary of the Rizal says, is not Midoraita. It's only the Rabbanan. And if we reveal this stuff about this guy that has the problem in his... Um, you know, private part, whatever it's a machlok is, he may never get married, nobody's gonna want him. And he says, sit, he, he, the stifler goes off and says, the same rabbis that said you can't do genevudat, they would lift that restriction, you understand? In order to help you get married. So he says, lo gazru chachamim, so it comes out that so far we've learned two concrete examples where if the person's father is a goy, if they don't ask, he doesn't have to tell. 
He doesn't need to reveal this on his resume before. Even if he has serious problems, a man, in his private parts where it's a whole sugya where according to some opinions, he's not allowed to uh, enter the nation of Israel. Even so, we we allow him. But the, the, we're almost finished with the class. I just want to bring the final thing, which is probably the most shocking of all. And that is Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, which is the Posek of America. All of the rabbis, whenever they had a halachic dilemma, they would go from the Lubavitcher Rebbe to Rav Aaron Cutler, from the biggest of the biggest Rebbes to the biggest Rosh Hashivas. Who would, who was the, the buck stopped at whose door? Who, who had all of the halachic decisions of the nation of Israel on his shoulders? Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. If you look in Rabbi Moshe's encyclopedic monumental work, Igrot Moshe, um, Evan Ezer, volume 3, 27, he says something which is beyond shocking. Let's say there's a girl that is 20 years old. She has never had a period yet, right? Now this nice girl, Sarah Schwartz, Mabela, it's a little bit problematic, wouldn't you think? A girl that's already 20 years old, she has shown signs of puberty, but she's never had her menstrual cycle and period. What would you think Rav Moshe would say in Shuva 27? Does she need to reveal this before she no. starts dating? No. So Rav Moshe, in the end of the day, it's very hard to understand why, but Rav Moshe finds things, comes down and says that and this is what he says. He says the doctors don't necessarily know why, but he brings a few different Talmudic sources. There's a Gemara in Ketubot that says that there was a woman in the time Ketubot 10. They, her husband had um, relations with her the night of the wedding. She was a virgin. And they didn't find any virginity blood, right? So they said, don't think she's a cheater. She's of a family of Durakti that they really don't have a lot of uh, Nida blood, menstrual blood, or virginity blood. So Rav Moshe basically ends off the tshuva, and I, I want to read it verbatim just to teach you he says, Kevin Sharabe Etsem Lebanim. He says, the, 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 the worst problem in all this chaos is that when the guy gave the ring, he wanted a normal wife that could have kids. Well, she hasn't had a period and she's 20. There's a big question mark is if she's going to get pregnant or not, right? So maybe the whole transaction of Kiddushin is null and void because it was on a false premise, right? Rav Moshe again says no. Not only is it not mekach ta'ut, kiddushet ta'ut. Why? I'm going to skip to the end of the tshuva. Because he says, the doctors are not saying that she's never going to get pregnant, right? The doctors don't know. And he says there's a lot of people that don't want to have a lot of kids, are not looking for their wives to get pregnant right 
the first year of pregnancy. And therefore, for this reason, she didn't get married on a false premises. This is in the realm of normalcy, right? And it's not a mekach ta'ut. Secondly, and he says, he says, first of all, a lot of times the doctors are saying, maybe when she's together with a man and they have intimacy, it'll open up her biological hormones, right? And she will be able to give. So since the doctors are not saying she's not, um, she's not able to get pregnant, and he brings a raya from the Gemara in Nida, so he says, So he says, but Rav Moshe Feinstein says, listen, this is getting to the extreme, because, listen, the poor guy, he may be very sad, right? The groom, when he finds out that she had such a problem. So Rav Moshe Feinstein writes that she has to promise the, the rabbi and me that if after four years, the um they're together and still she's unable to have children that she'll accept her divorce bill because you know Ashkenazim it's a big problem Ashkenazim they don't pass them like the Sfaradim Ashkenazim according to Sfarad you're allowed to give a get a divorce bill to your wife against her will but according to Ashkenazim she has to be what? willing to accept it so she says before she goes under the chuppah she has to promise me she does not have to reveal this in my opinion, very material problem, but Ramesha says, you know, it's hard to know, because no, we had an RCC meeting, and Rabbi Willig, the Rosh Hashiva of Yitzhak, Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Khanan said, it's very hard to, in a practical case, to rely on this Ramesha, it's like, you're the person, you know, the person's going to say, listen, you were, you, you kept material facts from me, how could you, you know, if you're the Shatran or the Rav, but, but Ramesha says, and just to read the last line, so he says, below Koshi, she has to accept that with no reservations, she'll not give him a hard time, she'll accept the get. And, you know, so the guy, okay, in the end of the day, he lost four years of his life, but he could go marry another woman and, you know, get remarried. This time, about, by the way, this is, guys, this is talking about a case where they're very young, the husband couple, right? It's a yeshivish couple. Shevadai lo yitzchul legalot. And he says, even midata chasidut, you don't need to reveal this. If you, you want to be a chasid, you don't need, to, she doesn't need to reveal this. Very hard to understand that. They're definitely not like the review, the chasid. So I just want to tell you that I have a very close friend. His name is Rabbi Moshe Ben Shushan. He's from one of the most prestigious Yerushalmi families. He has a big yeshiva with 70 boys in it. And guess what? This exact case, he was in my house and we talked about it. He has a guy in his yeshiva that's 23 years old that has had a very bad epileptic epilepsy when he was 13, right after his bar mitzvah. He went to the best doctor in Israel. They gave him medicines. 10 years, he's never had a relapse and he only needs to take a drug like once a month. Mm, Now he wants to get married. Does he need to reveal this? To his resume, take the shot, the shotgun or the shotgun. Sometimes, the, the sh- does he need to tell the shotgun, "Hey, you know, I want to be forthright," you know? Well, probably not. So no. he went to Rav Chaim Kanievsky, 
The Rosh Yeshiva went with this Yeshiva to Rav Chaim. We miss him. It's his Yorzai actually soon in a few days. So he did a year? Yeah, he passed away poor. Wow. So Rav Chaim said, I hope you don't need to reveal it. Wow. Rav Chaim Kanievsky said, since it's been 10 years and under, under medication it's been controlled, he doesn't need... If they, they ask, of course you have to tell. You, we're not allowed, never allowed to lie. But... But um, there's another very chosh of a chosh of a posuk in Yerushalmi, which is the brother-in-law of Rav Chaim, called Rav Israel Orbach. His father was the grand posuk of all of Israel, Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach. Rav Shlomo Zalman's son, Rav Israel Orbach, said no. He. So if you if you go through the halachic literature, it says there's, there's these two schools of thought. He says no. I don't think it's good to start a relationship on lies. Yeah, bad experience. So, Rav Orbach told the boy that you should reveal that you you you're epileptic. You have epileptic, even though you and be honest and let the let the um, chips fall as they may. It's also important to know. It brings down in our book Neta Gavriel that if you cause a shidduch to go through, let's say. 110%, according to all halakhic authorities, this is something that should be revealed, right? Now let's say you're a trickster, right? You want to get your grandchild or granddaughter or whatever, best friend married. Not over, not over did you do all these sins of lotamur al-damra'echa, right? And mekakhtaut, and it's like stealing and oina. But there's also, in the Sefer Imre Yosher, it brings a, another sin of lifnei iver lotiten michshol, right? If somebody's blind in a matter, right? Don't put a stumbling block in front of um, the uh, somebody that's blind. And just to end off, because one of the other great poskim of our generation, of Usher Weiss, they asked him, "Are you allowed to lie for the sake of a shidduch?" Now, this is a terrible crisis in our. We have people in our community that lie 20, 10 to 15, 20 years. They're really like 55 years old. They say, I'm not, I'm 35. You think I'm, you think I'm joking? What, what, what? They lie about their age. People Ooh. lie about their age to get married. Is it acceptable or not? That's the question, right? Yeah. So, so they asked in Chelek Aleph, in Chelek Aleph of, um, Shalot Teshuvot Minchat Asher, he says, guys, so again, I want to re, 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 re if, if God forbid anybody listening to this shear has a certain problem, I'm not a posik for you. You, cause Rabbi Asherwai says here is everybody should go to their local Orthodox rabbi posik and because every scenario is different. It's a nuanced situation. It's a nuanced situation. So, and some people, guys, this is the bottom line. So, one second. Some people may never end up getting married. And you see from the Khatam Sofer and the Stipler going and thing that in the end of the day, there's a lot of compassion for those men. That's why they, but definitely to write out lie when they ask you, because that's, so the main thing we get out of this shiur is that if you're going out, now guys, there's a second part to the shiur, which is like this. Some people are so picky and shallow that you may be a very good catch. Now, just because the guy has some minor depression, 
They're not even going to look at you. So maybe what, the way it's done in the Orthodox Haredi community is maybe they don't write it on the resume, but after the fourth, fifth date, where people see that this guy's such a amazing girl, right? Such a pure soul, good soul. Then, you know, in an indirect or direct way, you start revealing it. You understand? That's a middle ground where ethically, you you first want to get to know the person and give yourself a fair shot, not that they should shoot you down with a scud missile before even, you know, and then. But anybody that outright lies is forbidden. May Hashem help all those pure souls that... um really need their soulmate Amen. to get married. Amen. These are one of those cases where it's so important to have a personal relationship with a rabbi. Any person that doesn't have... Open the door. Any person that doesn't have a, um, a, a spiritual doctor, a rabbi that really cares for you and loves you like a son, is it's, this is one of those cases where you really... It's so priceless and helpful to have it. And may Hashem help everybody to get to their uh, soulmate. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rabbi. God bless.